Hi, and welcome to the IMS Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Barber, and today we'll be speaking with Dr. Edwin Hernandez about how trends in cloud computing and the Internet of Things are impacting the COVID-19 response and forging a new generation of antitrust issues. Dr. Hernandez is an expert from our network who's been retained for IMS clients on several matters. He holds a doctorate degree in computer engineering, specializing in wireless communication, as well as a master's in electrical and computer engineering from the University of Florida. Dr. Hernandez has expertise in several areas, including wireless networking and communication, personal area networking, multimedia streaming, blockchain, mobile devices and systems, smartphones and wearables, and wireless embedded software development. He is an avid entrepreneur and inventor with more than 20 years of industry experience, ranging from startups to high-tech corporations such as Microsoft and Motorola. Hernandez is named inventor on more than 11 U.S. patents, three of which are licensed by a major internet and communications company. He's also a reviewer for several journals and international conferences, a speaker and panelist, and a judge at startup forums. We really appreciate you joining us and hope you enjoy today's episode of IMS Insights Podcast. Welcome, Dr. Hernandez. Could you explain what is cloud computing? Well, cloud computing is nothing new. It's uh, basically a concept that it was brought because of something called virtualization. So virtualization basically uh, um, enables the use of any hardware with any software. Before, you would do web hosting or just hosting, and then um, basically the bare metal, the computer, was uh, running with the software simultaneously. And then you could not actually disconnect, you couldn't disconnect the two. You had to like move the computer with the software or do like a migration, so it was kind of hard to do. So what they did is created this layer of virtualization where they virtualized the computer. And then uh, when they created this virtualization layer, then they started creating what is called the clouds. So they will put those same computers, virtual computers now, in the same hardware and then they will be able to migrate the computers from one to another one without uh, having to actually move the hardware. So when they approach in this direction, then it started becoming the cloud because now people start seeing that they could run the services virtually as opposed to run the service in, in their, in their on-premise. So then it was a transition to move the stuff on-premise that it was tied to hardware and the software. Now you can run the software basically in any hardware and that could be remote, that could be somewhere else in the cloud, quote unquote. All right, so Edwin, can you tell us how is, how is cloud enabling applications and you know, artificial intelligence and internet of things? Yeah, so now that the, everything is running in the cloud, so it's called an, an all IP network. So then uh, basically what happens is as computers became virtualized and run in this virtual environment, then also the network became virtualized and runs in the virtual environment. So as the network becomes virtualized and then you can execute basically anything in this cloud-based computing system, artificial intelligence is nothing but another instance in the cloud. So now you can enable artificial intelligence, Internet of Things actually runs in a similar fashion, so you can execute virtually anything. So you can have a sensor that kind of just is the hardware, and then the intelligence resides in quotations in the cloud where the things are actually executed. So now you can have all this data that comes from all the sensors being analyzed by an artificial intelligence engine that runs precisely in the same environment where your web server is running, where your 
applications are running because it's all virtualized network, cloud, IoT, artificial intelligence, all in one bundle. Are you, it's interesting, are you seeing any particular industries or any sectors that you're watching that really seem like they're poised to take advantage of, you know, of cloud, of um, IoT, this next generation, a really advanced innovation in these areas? Yeah, no, many, many areas uh, are taking advantage of this uh, transformation. Particularly, I think healthcare is moving uh, very rapidly into this direction. Television, for example, that is being run uh, as a hardware device right now, as a as a broadcasting system is the last one to be adopted in the cloud. I think the next generation television, for example, is a new standard that is going to be taken into effect to actually compete with the current technologies for streaming that already have adopted the cloud. So now, like uh, cable television as well is moving everything to the cloud. Healthcare technologies, uh, basically the entire financial system is moving everything into the cloud. Now is going to be a matter of time to see what industry is not moving into the cloud. I will say maybe the only one that will be left out would be maybe um, corporations that are completely uh, with legacy systems from the past that may not move because of, of, uh, maybe they need to redo the entire system. But at, at one point, I think even then they will have to move to the cloud. Yeah, interesting. Well, and even, you know, so we're talking now towards the end of February or the beginning of February, end of January and um, 2020, and the novel coronavirus, major epidemic, you know, very large event in mainland China and spreading to different countries. And we're watching this global response and the, the medical and the scientific community kind of working collaboratively to race towards vaccines. And, and then you think back to the early 2000s with the SARS epidemic. You mentioned healthcare, so I wanted to kind of make that connection to public health and the scientific community. How, you know, how is the infrastructure today, how is something like um, the advancement of cloud technology and data sharing, how is that enabling perhaps a different type of response from the scientific community and the medical community to something like novel corona versus SARS in the early 2000s? Well, yeah, so now that the data is now available everywhere, so I think like uh, healthcare can take advantage of this data and mine it using technologies like big data and data analysis to establish patterns that are unusual. For example, if there is a spread of uh, multiple diseases in one area of the world, and that spread basically is tied to uh, this virus, for example. So it will be an easy algorithm or computer uh, software to say, okay, whatever is moving out of this area, then it's a suspicious uh, transmitter of a disease. So then you could actually block airports, do more scrutiny on passengers, and kind of narrow down and hone down the source and determine what the source is at the same time that Diseases now that can be simulated, most of the vaccines right now are being simulated. There's a company out of uh, Chile that made an artificial intelligence uh, algorithm to compute a new form of milk. So now this company, I believe, is called, uh, I can't it's Nolo, I cannot I can remember the exact name, but they were able to cre- create a new artificial intelligence-based uh, milk that uh, uh, it, it received some good investment from, from, from venture capital from from Silicon Valley. So it gives you like, okay, the cloud is merging with the creativity factor because now you can run these computations in thousands of different entities and instances simultaneously and determine what's the best outcome for either narrowing down, okay, who, where is the source of this disease? Or maybe try to simulate a potential vaccine or a potential pharmaceutical, or like in this particular example I just made, 
recreate a new uh, food. Potentially a game changer. Really interesting. You know, and the other area that I wanted to, to just ask you about, are you, if you're watching, watching some of the antitrust discussions around, around data sharing and with, we've looked at Amazon facing increased scrutiny from, from antitrust regulators. What would you, if you were going to provide guidance to general counsel or private practice litigators, what would you say they should be watching for as we think about where, you know, where does antitrust play in, in these new arenas? Yeah, no. So the, the matter with Amazon, I think, is, is that they have so much control on technology. So even if they just do the particular, let's say, data structure that, let's say I have a company that creates, a, I'm creating a new type of book, for example, that is maybe, let's make an imaginary example, a three-dimensional book, and I have some patents on that, some IP, some technologies, but maybe I have not a well-defined market strategy. Amazon could, for example, determine what is the target market that I'm addressing without even entering into any of my computers, reading any of my hard drives, just by looking at the patterns that I, my computers or my servers running on the Amazon cloud generate. So they can say, okay, that company is creating a three-dimensional book. We don't have a three-dimensional book. Why don't we figure out what they do? And then based on the patterns that they utilize for market analysis or validation of certain elements, then we can try to invest our own money and our own, or on our own engineering talent to recreate that product. So that creates a lot of antitrust uh, regulatory problems because uh, we don't really know uh, what kind of information or what kind of data is being uh, used by Amazon or by other corporations that are potentially being um, not uh, that uh, competitive uh, in terms of creating a, a fair market uh, place. And that's, um, that also comes back to pricing, for example. So Amazon could dump the prices of different uh, particular uh, articles uh, just uh, and maybe even try to subsidize them or try to maintain certain certain type of uh, low margin or, or high margin, depending on what they were trying to do in order to disrupt mm-hmm. a particular competitor. And uh, those practices are going to be very hard to, to detect, number one. And second of all, they will be very hard to, to bring to court because um, of the difficulties in accessing the data and most likely even um, making a good uh, report, it's going to be hard to, to show that. Interesting. Sounds like a challenge. Thanks again to Dr. Hernandez for being our guest on today's IMS Insights podcast, and especially to you for joining us. At IMS, we're trusted to deliver consultative trial and expert services for the most influential global firms. It's been our privilege to serve clients on more than 10,000 cases and 5,000 trials, and to connect you with the sharpest subject matter experts and most meaningful insights on important topics. If you have a matter or an issue that you'd like to hear more about, email our editorial team at editor at expertservices.com. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and join us next time on IMS Insights. Thanks again.